1: What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp, managing editor of Fightful.com here. It is September 4th. We got Monday Night Raw to talk about. We will be talking about the May Young Classic tomorrow. But a little programming note for you guys. We have the UFC 215 post show this Saturday night. Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson looking to make history. But uh, the real programming note I wanted to inform you all of. We won't be going live right after SmackDown next Tuesday. It'll be after the May Young Classic finals that uh, emanate from Las Vegas. We'll be going live right after those, covering SmackDown and the May Young Classic. So uh, definitely tune in. Myself, I assume Anna and Jeff will be joining me there as well. We got Monday Night Raw to talk about. Joining me is Associate Editor Alex Pawlowski. Alex, was your day laborious? <laughs>
2: Well, yeah, you know, it's Labor Day. My wife had off, so we were trying to get stuff done around the house. Uh, and then my daughter... Too bad you're
1: working Christmas and New Year too. <laughs>
2: no, everyone is. We're all working Christmas and New Year's. Uh so let, let's it... talk about let's talk about that right
1: out of the gate. Um, I've yeah. talked to a couple of wrestlers about that. Like I think WWE put out that tweet. If you all didn't see the tweet earlier, it was almost like a surprise christmas and new Year's show it wasn't a surprise to the talent at least the ones that i spoke to they've known about this for months it's been on the schedule since i think february they're not really happy about it but they've known about it for a while it's not like they they got this dropped on them via a tweet or anything originally the show was supposed to take place in st louis i don't know where the hell it's going to take place now uh don't know i think they announced it but um not sure i had to catch up on raw as i'll mention later but there, Yeah, not not a lot of happiness in regards to working Christmas and New Year, but Alex, I get the feeling the same people who think it's okay to camp out at an airport at 5 a.m. when you've stalked out a, an itinerary think that this is super cool.
2: Well, yeah, because it doesn't affect them, you know? Like, a lot of people that I know are, are uh, on Twitter like, well, whatever, like, you know, it's the same thing. It's like the NBA plays Christmas Day games, like... Yeah, Yeah, but those guys hate it, too.
1: And and they get, you know, that five, six-month
2: window off, too? Yeah, yes, which these guys don't. Um, I know that, like, these guys, you know, just they're doing it. But the thing about it is, not even just the wrestlers. Like, it's the production crew that doesn't get to be with their family on Christmas. I mean, that's a different thing. So, yeah, you know, and if if you're not, I mean, even if, if you're working on Christmas, maybe you're also... You know, having your push ended because you had a constructive dialogue about CTE with somebody. And there's that that happens. Yeah, that's what happened
1: with Baron Corbin. So Baron Corbin stood up basically to Joseph Maroon and was like, hey, man. He he basically, Baron Corbin played the role of Will Smith yep. in Concussion. And from what I heard, the people that I spoke to, I spoke to the same people in regards to this raw schedule thing uh now the now the people that I spoke to tonight weren't there for this meeting. It was right. a different different uh i guess a different meeting, but they said that he had from what they had heard he had gotten his point across rather eloquently, and it didn't seem like there was any heat on him initially. that wasn't the case, yeah
2: yeah don't well, that. yeah, that's yeah don't speaking truth to power is not the thing that will uh, get you popular with the brass at the top of WWE. Hey, guys, if you all want to submit
1: questions for the show, head over to Fightful.com, go to our podcast page, uh, join in on our live discussion. That's where we're going to be answering questions from from now on. There or the forums. We want to encourage you all to uh, kick off topics in those forums, wrestling, MMA, boxing, video games, sports, movies, TV, virtually anything you all want to talk about. We got it over there. As always, Fightful.com is evolving. And uh, I'm going to try to keep these plugs at the beginning and the end of the show. I want to wanna keep the flow going. And this show, I got to say,
2: kept the flow going pretty well, Alex. I like this episode of Raw. Yeah, this was a really solid episode of Raw. Good wrestling um, and moved some, some programs along. Uh, s- surprising. There were some surprising outcomes to things, which is always good in my book. Um, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm. This is we're in a solid place. If we have a few more episodes before No Mercy, and No Mercy is basically being booked, uh, some of the matches at the top are being booked like they're WrestleMania matches. So I'm looking forward to September 24th, and if we're going to keep doing this high level of Raws up until that point, I have no problem with them.
1: Hey, if they're gonna put good cards on these these shows that had fantastic video games, then I, I need a Here Comes the Pain <laughs> pay per view. I need a WWE 13 pay per view. Doesn't have right. to make sense. They they named yeah. one Great Balls of Fire, so whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just just go back and do it. Uh, you can rename the pay per view SmackDown versus Raw 06 if you, if that's what it takes. <laughs> if that's what you got to do to get this kind of card, I'm all for it. But it's it's kind of quiet right now. In the in the combat sports, WDB world, we have this UFC two fifteen show Saturday, but it's not like you know, it ain't Conor McGregor or Ronda Rousey. Right. But next week there is that Triple G Canelo fight. So so that little gap that we have there in, in big headline shows is about to be closed a little bit, and then we go right into No Mercy, which looks like it's gonna be an awesome show. But let's get into this Monday Night Raw. I, I mentioned to you on Skype, Alex. Booking Jason Jordan against John Cena, particularly in this style of matchup, I thought was very clever.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's, 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 uh, they even played up the fact that it kind of mirrored, um, in a little bit, uh, uh, Jason Jordan and Cena was kind of like Cena and angle. You know, and like, oh, there was just like when Cena answered the call and went down to challenge Jason Jordan's dad. And every time they mention it that way, it always just makes you, okay, we're do- really doing this, aren't we? Like, can't he just be his protege? He's got to be his son. Uh, but um, the match itself was excellent. It reminded me a lot of the golden age of the John Cena U- uh, U.S. title open challenge. Like It felt like that a lot, uh, a young talent coming in and showing what they can do and really giving John Cena you know, all he could handle before eventually losing. Um, but one one thing came out of this that I hope uh, Jason Jordan uses it in every match because I can't see it enough. The Rolling Northern Lights. Rolling Northern Lights was badass.
1: It looked awesome. It lo- a lot of people can't. I've seen people try it. <laughs> I've seen people far less talented than he try to do that and they spike themselves. Oh no no they, no, they, no they spike themselves and it flips themselves over. I've seen a guy get knocked out with a northern knocked himself out with a northern light suplex. But yeah, somebody somebody just tweeted me and said that Christmas Raw is in Chicago. Yeah, um it's it's it was originally scheduled for St. Louis, Christmas, and then Miami, New Year's. I don't know how, how it's going. Uh, going now because they they have made some alterations if it's going to be on Christmas. But I love this Jason Jordan John Cena match. This it was almost like a replay of the Cena Angle match from 15 years ago, just roles reversed. And ironically, John Cena looks like the 2004 December version of himself, like he's just back from filming the Marine. Yeah, like he like he's going to a club and Jesus stabbed him in the kidney. And now he's going to start a feud with Carlito. That's the logical next step, I think.
2: It's the, it's the, yes. Yeah. It just to, you know, get everything full circle.
1: Jordan working out of the STF mm-hmm. into a crossface I thought was big. Mm-hmm. Now, it wasn't as big when John Cena sat up because that'll make any crossface look like trash. He should, yeah. he should know better than that. But then Jordan welcomed him with those Northern Lights suplexes. Those were really cool. The crowd was white hot. Uh, Cena ended up pinning Jordan after an outstanding match. This is awesome chance for a Jason Jordan match. Is good. I don't care who he's in the ring with. That's yes. a good sign right now, Alex.
2: Yeah. Um, the 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 thing will be whether he can carry it over to matches against somebody else. Um. But you know, this was this was great. This was a really good sign for him. If they can figure out how to give this kid a personality or something to do, um, that's not just be you know, Kurt Angle's quote-unquote biological son and then nothing else because that's really his only character trait at this point. Um, I think he could he could be a really big star. He's got everything you want in the ring. I mean, he's... The, the thing about those Northern Lights suplexes, it's what he does with the belly-to-belly suplexes. He, he's able to throw the guy over his head completely without ever leaving his feet. Like, it's just... he's He's... Supernaturally strong in, in with those suplexes it's just amazing I don't you don't
1: have to do new moves to stand out you can put a twist on it like this. Like, I mean mm-hmm. people have been doing German suplexes for years before those rolling German suplexes became a thing. Just add your own twist on it. that's what so many people are doing now to make themselves stand out and, and I really like that afterwards Roman reigns comes out and says that it just took Cena 20 minutes to beat a rookie now as yeah. compared to last week. I thought Roman Reigns did – he kept up with John Cena way better than last week. Way better than last week. Uh, Reigns says that Cena either strung Jordan along and crushed him or is lying about being as good as he says. And he calls Cena a fake-ass little bitch. Yep. That's
2: what, he, that's what he called him. Called him that.
1: John Cena does the thing that he's been doing lately where he makes a joke out of everything yeah points out that Roman Reigns zipper is down and Roman Reigns I didn't think he was going to be able to recover from that yeah he did you want to walk us through that yeah. one
2: yeah um there he, he big one big point for Roman and then one just just awful thing said uh, his penis busted it out y'all he said his penis busted it out he says uh, the big big dog busted it or something like that I don't know what he said but uh he's like I was then then Cena came with a good comeback like I was just looking for your balls and I know she didn't have any. Uh which okay, fine. And then uh, Roman, of course, with the homophobic, Yeah, you would. You you would look at my balls. Like he's fourteen years old. No, seriously, you don't need you don't need that crap. I know it was off the cuff, but it's just it's just stupid. That's the thing about
1: When when John Cena's in there literally trying to stifle Roman Reigns for the second straight true. week. That's you got to get what you can get there. Do I agree with it? Nah. it Does it bother me that much? Nah, not, not today. Uh, in the future, we got to see Roman Reigns versus James Ellsworth because if James Ellsworth doesn't come to the ring and say, I'm the big hog and this is my pen, I don't know what we're even doing here. You got a, like a year left on his deal. Let's make it happen. Let's make it happen make it happen. Cena starts getting a lot more serious after these, these shots, though. Yeah. So I think they they did what they needed to do. He put over Jason Jordan in The Miz, but says that he doesn't have respect for Roman Reigns. But this is a lot of what Cena is saying is basically the promos that have been used against John Cena for the last, like, eight years, Alex.
2: Yeah. Um, it's an interesting catch-22 with this whole thing. I really enjoy it. Um, for the most part, uh, when they get away from like being these, you know, sophomoric humor back and forth, when it's really actually them talking to each other and making pointed remarks, I'm down for it. It's odd though, because Peter Rosenberg tweeted um, that if you're 10 years old right now, this Cena, Rom- Cena uh, versus Reigns thing is your Hogan versus Warrior. And our own Jeff Hawkins says on Twitter that 10 year olds don't care about you know, corporate politics and this whole thing about, you know, like what's the whole thing is that, that, that part of it is for us, the, the, you know, the, the older fans who grew up with all this stuff and now think we understand it quote unquote and, and we're waiting for them to just acknowledge all the things we know are true. But the 10 year old just like, um, dad, why are Roman and John fighting? Um, they're both good guys, you know, and, and what do you say to them? You know what I mean? Like with Hogan and Warrior, it was just these two guys who wanted to see which one was better. This seems like it's more ruthless than that. And I don't honestly, I don't, I don't have a ten-year-old boy to to ask, but I'm wondering, like, how they, how honestly they feel about this. If they both love Roman and and Cena, like, what do you? I mean, I don't know what a ten-year-old who's just in it for that, how they react to this whole thing.
1: Guys, if you don't mind, leave us a thumbs up on the video, share it on social media. Would greatly appreciate it. Also subscribe iTunes Stitcher YouTube. All that cool stuff. Yeah, the thing with the reigns and Cena, I don't think these 10-year-olds care about the reason either. I think they probably just see it as a big match. They they hear the crowd go, "Oh damn." And mm-hmm. some of them some of them will catch on. Some of them, right. you know, when when they're calling each other bitches and stuff and Mm -hmm. talking about their wieners and Hey, 10 year olds can understand that they, they know, they know what that means by and large.
2: So I'm wondering if, if fake ass little bitch will become this generation's suck it and get kids in trouble on recess. Man, suck it. Had some
1: staying power. It's still going strong. Yep. Reigns wants to fight. Cena doesn't.
2: Yeah, how do you feel about that?
1: They part. I'm okay with that. After the way that Cena made Reigns look last week, I think that Reigns you know, I don't know if Reigns needs anything for the role that he's right. in and the type of reaction that he's gonna get. Right. But yeah, sure. I mean that that's the thing. Like, hey, say say Reigns met John Cena in catering and said, let's throw down right now. My money's on Roman Reigns and and sure like an actual fight between the two we're talking about a a like what a 31 32 year old former nfl player working all the time against a 40 year old john cena not the most coordinated dude in the world mm-hmm. so i mean I, I you know what i can buy roman reigns as a dude that could just knock your lights out i can do that sure. it's just before before that the whole thing was like you know he was trying to be that that super baby right. face and they had him cutting these long promos. This is the longest promo he's cut in a very long time.
2: Yeah, the, the only thing about this I didn't like was uh, that Cena's whole thing um, last last week was, you can't beat me because you're not protected against me. And so I guess this whole thing is like, Cena had a perfectly valid excuse that he chose not to use was, hey, that rookie I just wrestled, he's pretty good. And I wrestled for 20 minutes and I'm not going to fight you right now. But at no mercy, I'm gonna put your lights out. That's all he needed to say. But like him saying nothing just did not look right for for Cena. So
1: Reigns has to face Jason Jordan now, right? That's, that's the logical next step.
2: That's the next step. And if Reigns doesn't beat him in like four minutes, then then you know he's got nothing to say. So it's interesting. Should they do, do
1: like a beat the clock deal there, like where? Yeah, they should. Without the length of Cena's match, and Rain says that he can beat him, beat him earlier. I think that's a nice way to not necessarily put stake – kind of put stake on the match. It's not sure. worth a damn, but if Jason Jordan doesn't get beaten in that time, that makes Jason Jordan look pretty good too.
0: Yeah.
2: It, it, it should be something along the lines of Jason Jordan requesting it of Kurt Angle saying, he called me a rookie. He said, "He said that he should have beat me in five minutes. I want Roman Reigns. I want to prove what I can do." And and Angle say, "Okay," and and then that becomes this thing of you know this. But um, I'm I'm totally down for for a con- continuation of this little theme.
1: And I mean, the thing was with Jason Jordan, a lot of people were rejecting him because that's just the way it happens a lot. Like people like the idea of things happening, and then once it's executed, and you can see the machine gets behind this person a lot of times that reaction kind of wanes but i mean when you put him in there with roman reigns who is like it's a golden boy and the golden boy jason jordan's more like the copper boy the the the, the, like bronze or like like maybe whatever the statue of liberty is now once it washes away and that green is left and Roman Reigns is the golden boy, and I'm, I'm sure he'd get a great reaction out of a match with Roman Reigns as well. Yeah. Cesaro and Sheamus defeated Heath Slater and Rhino. Rollins and Ambrose are on commentary. I wish they would do this with more people. Like even if they're not associated with the damn match, just hey, keep them on. I I think that Heath Slater and Rhino being on commentary at random points would be very entertaining. But I was glad to see these two guys on TV. I don't know why they were moved over because. I said last year the worst thing that happened to Heath Slater and Rhino was the emergence of James Ellsworth. Because when you put James Ellsworth next to everybody, you can't. it's hard to build an underdog. But he's not yeah. a babyface anymore. Either way, they got beaten pretty quickly. Nothing really wrong with that. The one line I liked on commentary was Ambrose saying that he's been punching Rollins in the face for years and he just got sick of it, so he decided to team with him.
2: Yeah, that's fine. Um, I, I did, I do feel bad for Slater and Rhino though. Like, like that, that magical run they had as, as tag champs feels like a hundred years ago. Um, and I, I, I love them. They, they, even as recently as right before they came over from SmackDown, like they were one of the most over acts on SmackDown, both of them. And, you know, they, they could, they could be taken as seriously as Gallows and Anderson are. But they won't do that with them. Right now, they're basically the Ascension. And that's not that's not okay. They should be better than that. They're they're the first ever SmackDown camps.
1: They're, they're very entertaining. Like, yeah. I have no doubts that... No, it's not. Is it going to be a headline feud? Hell no. Heath Slater, Rhino, Carl Anderson, and Luke Gallows could do hilarious things together. Oh, they'd be great. They'd be they great. Would be, they would be funny as hell. But that's just not the way we're going. Nope. Backstage crappenings. Jeff Hardy is interviewed by, uh, or backstage and Matt is displaying broken tendencies per usual. We'll get to that later. Also backstage, Nia Jax tells Kurt Angle she should get a title shot. Emma says, according to her Twitter feed, nobody's talking about Nia Jax. Angle says they can team up and if they win, they get added to the title match at No Mercy. I thought this was an awesome way to add stakes to a random tag team match. On Raw, Alex?
2: Yeah, it was announced uh, before Raw that Sasha Banks is getting her one-on-one rematch at No Mercy. And much of my Twitter feed was like, what was the angle at the end of Raw then? Where Nia Jax comes down and says, I'm going to be the champion next. And they addressed it, which is great, because sometimes they don't do that. But I love Kurt Angle just booking shit by the seat of his pants. Like, uh, sure, you two guys are being a tag team, and if you beat them, then you're in the match at no mercy. How about that? Like, I just love that that's Kurt Angle's style of booking shit on Raw. I love it. Well,
1: hey, I thought it was a good idea in kayfabe. I thought it was a good idea in in execution and reality. Backstage, we see one of those really bad written backstage promos between Sasha and Alexa where they talk about having a team together. Sasha isn't good at these, but I will say this is probably the best one she's done because we saw – Like, when she originally had this character going, Mm -hmm. there was the whole Sasha's Ratchet deal. Yeah. She unveiled a little bit of that in this backstage promo. The most I've seen thus far. And that's what I want to see out of her personally.
2: The end. When she got up in Alexa's face and was like, have no mercy, I'm going to make you scream when I make you tap out. Like, right, right there. That was great. Yes, give me more of that, Sasha. Even as a baby, clap when
1: you talk. Even just go, go full on. Yes. Yeah.
2: Everything. Um. I. I I will beat you. Yes. I love this, Sasha. Um. Yes. The the beginning of that part was was bad because it was scripted. That last bit, great. Between her, that felt real because as we've has been discussed ad nauseum, these two don't like each other. So the fact that they're allowing Sasha to to dip into that and just use that as part of this character, um, uh, I'm all in for it. And I also am interested in uh, Alexa Bliss as the champ um, who really doesn't want any of her major challengers. Um, But it doesn't feel like the same old cowardly heel stuff because she's legitimately smaller than everyone. Like, Look, it looked like Sasha Banks had six inches on her. She might, but like Sasha Banks is small and Alexa Bliss looked tiny. It was, it was great. I, I really enjoy all of this.
1: Yep. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. At, at, when that, that promo started, I was like, ugh. Then when it ended, I was like, okay, this this could be something. This could do something. Yeah. Braun Strowman is the latest man to get ribbed into having to do the Super Troopers Repeater game. Oh, <laughs> I, that's what I just think they're doing there. Ugh. Gallicanook. Yeah. Can't wait for that sequel. Uh later on, the ref from the Strowman uh big show ring collapse puts both guys over. This was a nice touch. Yeah. This fun. was a nut. Th- this was a really, really good. And Strowman's really good at this. I'll talk more about it tonight. They had video packages and interviews, and the interview sucked. Uh, both of them did. Uh, not the referee one. It was whatever. But they really built up this match that didn't mean a damn thing. No. And God, that crowd ate it up, and I ate it up. And mm-hmm. it was. I ate it up. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it in, in the main event slot. Miz defeated Jeff Hardy to retain the Intercontinental Championship. Uh the Miz get involved, get beaten up by Matt, they all get ejected. Bo Dallas's chain. I just want your opinions.
2: I, I love it. I love it. Um wh- one of my favorite uh, accounts on Twitter, uh T D E Total Divas Epps, who does Great amazing account. uh comedy and uh and gifs. Um this one wouldn't it be really awesome if they did a storyline where Bo Dallas is spending all of his Miz cash? on crazy jackets and chains and like $700 sunglasses and runs out of money. And he needs to seek financial help from IRS. I think that's the greatest (laughs) idea they could ever do. It'd be so great. I, I listen, Bo Dallas has some really shitty beliefs. He's
1: going to have to bail his brother out for murdering rabbits or something. (laughs) soon.
2: Um, Sounds like, but, uh, but damn it. I cannot quit. (laughs) I wish I could quit you, Bo Dallas. I, I I don't know how to do it. Like the 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 Miz-tourage, uh asking, saying Jeff Hardy and and Matt could join them, and then Matt and saying no, and then them coming back. Like Bo Dallas and all those little vignettes over the weekend was just so great in the background, and he's oh he's so good, and I I, I wish he wasn't what he was in real life, but kayfabe I love the guy, yeah. This match was not my cup
1: of tea, not my cup of tea. This is the second time recently that Hardy's whisper in the wind has been so slow that his opponents had to wait on him, and that's sad yes. to see. That's yeah. really sad to see, that that hop from the second rope to the top rope doesn't have the the acceleration that it once do, once did. Yeah. I thought Miz's counter of Jeff Hardy's double leg drop was really cool. Like yes. I've never seen anybody counter that. Maybe I've just missed it. i am probably missed a lot of his TNA stuff, but really clever stuff that that came out of that. Jeff looked like a guy who bumped on the outside of the ring the way that he did virtually all this match, and it had caught caught up to him, I think. One production note, there was a camera angle after the twist of fate kick out that we don't see a lot. It was like this outside the ring but sort of close up from inside to out, thing I liked it. Anything a little bit different, I like. When a few years ago, when they debuted NXT, the the game show version, I loved the different angles they would use to make it feel different. Same with uh, ECW, uh, WWE, ECW. Thought that was uh, always good, so I'm always down for them. Just making it feel a little bit different, keeping your your standards what they perceive as high, but changing up a little bit. Miz wins. Crowd was into it, but not my cup of tea. But
2: what would you think, Alex? Uh, I really liked it, actually, um, mostly because it allowed the Miz to be. Smart. The Miz should be a awesome. heel often, awesome. awesome. over and over and over again. Like you said, he countered the double leg drop. He countered that weird um, drop kick, kick drop kick thing in the corner that no one ever counters either. Um, he grabbed the that rope
1: all the time in the world to counter, never do.
2: Right, right, exactly. He grabbed the rope to to to, to break up a pinfall, and um, uh, you can call this cheating. I don't think it was when when Maurice touched his hand to let him know the swan tom was coming and he rolled out of the way. That was all the help he got from Maurice the entire match. Wasn't it? I mean, I don't remember seeing any other thing. And you got some help from the mid but not anymore from it? Maurice. But then they left. And once they were gone, it was basically just him and Jeff Hardy. And he, he countered a twist of fate beautifully into the skull crushing finale and got a clean victory. When was the last time the, they let the Miz get a clean, smart victory?
1: Well, like ki- that kind of clean. I mean, but, Jeff Hardy got knocked down from the Swan Time Bomb.
2: Sure, but yeah, but I mean, like that's rolling out of the way is something that baby faces do all the time. Like, it's no, no, no.
1: When, when one of the Miz yanked him off the top rope. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Well, but that, that. but the Miz, the Miz-tourage, that was earlier in the match. I'm talking about like yes. the last five minutes. It was just him and his wits. And I sure. like that as the the Miz being around for that long, he should know little things that allow him to get.
0: Oh yeah, crafty
2: victories. Let him be the crafty heel as opposed to the cowardly heel. He can be crafty with cowardly tendencies. But I, I really like him getting a getting a victory that was that was using his brain rather than you know a perfume bottle or whatever he used to beat Dolph Dolph Ziggler all those times last year. Like this was this was a cool thing for me.
1: I'd love to hear from you guys on the live discussion over at Fightful.com or the forum about, like, do you consider this a clean victory? Because that's that's an interesting take because he did get help earlier in the match, the swanton bomb broken up, but the pinfall and everything, that w- that was virtually clean. That being said, Alex, if me and you fight in a cage and your daughter runs in and kicks me right in the nose and then 10 minutes later you pin me, I'm going to say, hey, <laughs> but remember – when your right. daughter rolled yeah. in the ring yeah. Yeah. with her impressive dexterity for less yeah. than a year old <laughs> yes it kicked me in the nose yeah i'd love to hear what people think about that uh, yeah. fightful.com head over to those forums now i completely agree with you in regards to the miz i think that should be the point of his heat is that you hate how smart and how cunning he is. Yeah. You know, maybe that gets him babyface reaction. But sometimes the guy gets that anyway. Right. Yeah. No. He. He. Sometimes yeah. the guy just gets that anyway because at some point, Alex, after what it's been a decade, he's been in the WWE. Yeah. You know, besides the whole guest thing, the the guest host or whatever. Right. But when he's won Money in the Bank and won a couple Slammy awards and he's a sixth. Five or four, six-time tag six team time. champion, uh, seven-time Intercontinental champion, yeah. two-time U.S. champion, WrestleMania main eventer, WWE champion. At some point, you got to give up the "he's not very good" thing,
2: right. yeah.
1: Because otherwise, it's like, come on
2: now. I think the the overwhelming um, opinion about the Miz is that he's really, really good at what he does. You know what I mean? And and sometimes, even if he's a bad guy. I'm still going to cheer for the guy because he's so good at being what he is like on the mic when he's just flowing and just, just going off at people about how they don't respect the intercontinental title, because guess what? They don't like, it's, I believe all of the stuff that he does like, and, and in the ring, he's credible as a wrestler and he's and he should have smart ways of getting out of things. And that, that's a really cool – because you want the guy who is who facing to beat him. But, damn it, he just countered that thing that, that you wanted him to see. Like, that's just the way that he should wrestle. And I loved – I hope this is a change for him from just losing via – from winning via interference all the time to occasionally, at least occasionally, winning via craftiness.
1: And what a career resurgence. Because, like, what, what, when was it, like, was it 2013 or so? I can't remember when he was on, like, main event all the time and struggling as a baby face. He just ain't a baby face. He's just not it. And uh, great to see how he's turned things around. Enzo Amore, Grand Metalik, and Cedric Alexander defeated Tony Nish, Drew Gulak, and Noam Dar. Enzo's still
2: super over.
1: He still is. Super
2: over. Yeah. Uh, It was was interesting because they haven't come out and – it's like five minutes of him talking, uh, including, oh, by the way, these are the other two guys who are in this match with me. I call one of them Pepper Jack Cheese because, because that's what I can come up with. Uh, I also call this one Cedric the Entertainer Alexander the Great because that took me three seconds. Uh, I'm like, like, okay, fine. But that's, that's cool. That's his character. I'm fine with that being this thing. Like, he doesn't. Going to respect- be
1: honest, I fast forwarded through that as I was catching up. But sure. uh, okay, I'm going to take
2: hard for it. That's
1: exactly what he said, and I exactly. hope it is.
2: Yeah, he's like he. Ca- I call this one queso picante, pepper jack cheese. Like, because because that's did not he an really, all Literally reductive- Call him
1: picante. Yeah, yeah. queso picante. Oh, yeah, he meant Metalik, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Oh no, yeah. he called grand <laughs> Metalik
2: queso picante. I call him. Pepper jack cheese. Wait a
1: second. Was Pace Picante the one that was made in New York York City?
2: City. Yeah, I believe it was.
1: Uh, Or was (laughs) that the one that wasn't made in New York City?
2: That's right. Yeah, that was that was the one that wasn't. So that's fine. That's that's okay. Um, Then. What the hell is up with this? I don't know. It's the, they should be beefing over. That's well, yeah. a
1: slow build. That's the slow build, Alex. <laughs> oh, bro, for the feud.
0: <laughs> this, is, Between
1: this, is the crumb, this is the um, breadcrumb being dropped. He's going to pull off his mask and reveal yeah. that all along that, that he was setting up. He was buttering up the New Yorker.
2: Yeah. Um, I do like that he calls Tony Nese an out-of-work Chippendale dancer because that's basically what he looks like. Um, uh, they do, they're, they're, they're pushing this Captain Underpants – Nickname for Drew Gulak. And it's only funny because Drew Gulak is incensed anytime he gets called that. It's basically like um, calling Marty McFly chicken. Like it's, he's just, he's, nobody calls me Captain Underpants. Um, so that's fun. Um, and then they have the, the same basic um, six-man tag match that they had last week on 205 Live. They figured nobody yeah. watched it then, so we'll just have it now. Um Decent uh, stuff. Which, I mean I you
1: know- like the the, the storyline of the transition period for Enzo trying to learn the cruiserweight style. I think that's really cool. He got back suplexed into a turnbuckle by Tony Neese. Cedric looked awesome. I thought that the the opening series between he and Nice is the type of yeah. action that the raw cruiserweight matches need to show that they're a little bit different. Enzo winning by cheating was a good touch. Mm-hmm. Uh later Neville tells the three they'll be in a five way qualifying match tomorrow night. Neville played his role perfectly in the backstage. He's so good at that. Good, you know what? I, I enjoyed it because I didn't get to watch 205 Live last week. First to- week in a while, I missed it. I've actually got to catch up tomorrow before I do the Holy Smokes MMA podcast, 3 p.m., guys. Check that out. Bray and Balor. What what is Bray even saying anymore? This was really – Did he used to fight rabbits? Did he kill Adam Rose's bunny? Why (laughs) should I care about this? Why should anybody care about this?
2: This was honestly one of the most interesting promos he's done in a while because it was a little different. It reminded me of his old stuff he used to do in, like, FCW. Where he would like, he told the story about how, like you know, his father used to beat him. So one day I killed my dad, and it was just this weird, like well, this no weird wonder, stories of stuff. You know, no was wonder different.
1: wonder Ro- Rowan wanted to get away from him all the time. If he's like fighting farm animals and sheep and shit, like why <laughs> would he want
2: to hang around? He he said he said that he used to hunt rabbits with a bow and arrow, and then it got too easy, so he killed them with his bare hands. Which, I mean, that's <laughs> you got to be fast in order to catch a rabbit, and then once you do, that's kind of. Brutal, dude. To what you strangling him? That's, That's that's a serial killer start. That's not good. Um uh I do like that he's like, You beat me when you were the demon. Let's see you if you could beat me when you're just regular leather jacket guy. Um, which is like, okay, fine. Um, but now when Finn Balor beats him as just rather regular leather jacket guy, can we have both these guys move on to something else? Um,
1: Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. We have what I listed as a possible top contender match. (laughs) And it ended up being one. Emma and Nia Jax defeated Alexa Bliss and Sasha Banks. Emma has a new theme again. What did you think of it?
2: Better than last week's. Doesn't take much. Last week's was one of the worst I've ever heard. You could fart along to the song
1: Cheerleader, and it would have been better than last week's.
2: It was it was so generically like empowerment, but sensual nineteen ninety four. It was just just bad.
1: CFOs wiped their hands of it real quick.
2: Yeah, they said we had nothing to do with this. <laughs> but yeah, immediately we had, uh, but this one was fine, but there was nothing wrong with her old evil Emma music. It was really great. It incorporated yeah. her old bubbly Alma, Emma. sound uh, sounded to that too. Like it was really cool that on on several levels. I don't know why they got rid of it to, to only go back like, one terrible thing last week and one meh thing this week. Just go back to what it was.
1: My first note was like I had no idea how the company has fumbled on Emma because she's a versatile performer. She's shown that she can work as a baby face when not put with Santino Morella. She's shown that she can work as a heel. She's especially shown that she can do either of them in NXT. The main roster has been the issue, although you know, she ran into injury problems that slowed that down more than anything. Her being in this match, getting screen time with a consistent character like this is a giant step forward and a good one because I think that she does this character very, very well. Like, she her her voice and when she when she says some of these things like about her social media is enough that you know that she's pleasing herself, but she really doesn't care what you think about it. Just like somebody really would be if they had their face stuck in their phone, right? At all times, I think she plays it very well.
2: Yeah, no, I like I, it. I, I, I really do. I like it too. Um, I, I'm I'm all here. I'm here for Emma getting real chances on the main roster. Um, this
1: match, it was very weird and awkward to see Alexa Bliss getting like almost a hot tag. <laughs> and then when she did, she like yanks Emma by her hair. <laughs> and it's like, well, not the baby face hot tag. No. I thought the star of this match was Nia Jax. I thought this was some of the best work she's ever done. The... Tilt a world DDT countered into a Samoa drop was really, really good. She looked smooth. She looked quick witted. Like there were little things like the sunset flip where she swatted away the hands and tried to do the basically the hip drop. I, I've never seen her react that fast, work so smooth. Very impressed with Nia Jax this week. And then after Emma steals the pin, she hits Emma with the old Matt Jackson flip Gordon being the elite. Where do you think you're going? <laughs> Brings her back, hits her. Fatal four-way. I'm down. Especially yeah. a fatal four-way with these four, because we've never really seen Emma yep. thrown into yep. this.
2: Yeah, fresh matchup. Uh, I'm, I'm totally down for it. Um, but we need to talk about the moment in this match when Alexa Bliss slapped Nia Jax. And Nia Jax yelled at Alexa and Alexa screamed and ran away.
0: And then she grabbed (laughs)
2: her and brought her into a short arm clothesline. I like the GIF. I've posted a couple of them on my timeline. If you missed it, go find my Twitter. Um, My God, it just gets better. Every time you look at it, I need a one-on-one program between these two because these two are great friends in real life and can come up with real fun stuff to do like this in a match that plays up how Alexa Bliss is super tiny and Nia Jax is super big and you could do a lot of fun stuff like this. Um, but yeah, this match, this match uh, no, no Mercy, I am really intrigued for. Because honestly, I could see any four of these women taking the title. Emma, because she could be a transitional champ to somebody else. But I, because I don't think they're going to give her a real shot at it. If they did, I'd love it, but I don't think they are. And anything else, anything else is possible. Um, but I really love the idea of a fresh matchup. Some people are like, why can't the women just have straight-up one-on-one matches? Like, well, th- okay, fine, but they're not going to do several women's programs because it's WWE. Hey, either
1: you want equality or not, the women deserve the opportunity to get put in <laughs> shitty gimmick matches
2: just as much as the men do. But I'm I'm um, I'm really intrigued to see where this goes. Uh, I I I loved this match. Uh, I'm I'm interested in seeing what they're going to do with the next couple of weeks on Raw to prepare for the 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 pay-per-view. And um, yeah, I'm so happy for Emma. Finally, she gets a title shot. Like that's it's great.
1: Also, on the May Young Classic today, they had a bit of a bonus scene. Basically, they, they threw it out on WWE's Twitter. Ronda Rousey, Jessamyn Duke, Marina Shafir met up with Becky Lynch, Bailey. This is pre injury, and Charlotte. Ronda Rousey challenged the three of them. So, seems like it's all steam ahead.
2: Looks like we're doing that.
1: You know, you know, you know, um, yeah, boys at com broke the news that Ronda Rousey was training to be a pro wrestler. Yep. yep. Diggity darn. One of many stories that. Yeah, boys have broken in their day. Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose defeated the Good Brothers. This is your standard WWE WWE tag match. It starts fast, gets slow, has a lot of exaggerated selling, and I need to
0: tag you,
1: then gets hot. Cesaro and Sheamus flub interference, end up getting hit. Rollins and Ambrose win. My only note was Rollins' blockbuster looks really awesome, and then after the match, the Good Brothers jump Cesaro and Sheamus, and I started to hear some too sweet
2: chants. Mm-hmm. yeah, what about that? yeah, um listen, they could they they could very easily make the Good Brothers, because that's what their name is now, into this really fun tweener tag team. like they're oh, yeah. really funny. All the shit they do on on Southpaw regional wrestling is off the charts hilarious these guys have real talent and you can do a lot with these guys. And if you allow them to just be those guys who don't care who they fight and don't care if they win or lose, because whatever, we're just going to party because we're good brothers. That's, that's cool. They could basically be the new APA. Like you could, you could basically make the, make these guys, these just dudes who hang out in the back playing poker and smoking cigars and, you know, just beat up anybody you ask them to. That could be fun. We haven't done that in a while. You know, there's something you could do with these guys rather than just being also rants. Give them a real gimmick. Um, I love it.
1: All for it. Really like their work. They get beaten up. Okay. Main event time. Braun Strowman gets flattened early on in this cage match with Big Show. And they go to commercial. And I'm like... To walk duwa okay. yeah was perfect you did you did yeah. you did Hua.
2: yeah um the Braun guy just... who
1: like never loses gets flattened and you go to a commercial
2: well this duwa um hwa they were doing was um they had you know Braun destroy big show then get laid out with a punch and apparently neither men, neither man got up during the three-minute commercial break. It was just them selling in the ring for the live audience for three minutes, which is just cruel. Um, but I loved Bronze sell of the KO Punch. Um, I like that they're keeping that thing sort of protected um, because Cass got laid out by it a bunch. Um, it's a really cool thing that if if... If if show had anything in him, he might have been able to roll over and get the pinfall, but he didn't because he was beaten up too bad. Um Braun's great. I mean, we're gonna talk about this for but like just starting out this thing. Braun is great.
1: It's amazing. It's amazing how and a lot of it's his aura because he's so protected and because he's 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 written very well too. That goes so far because in the ring, he's he ain't the dynamite kid, and he doesn't have to be. He is able to take guys like the Big Show, a guy without a program or a direction, and just by them working with him, and let's be honest, Big Show is probably the better worker of the two, make them seem super important in a pointless Raw main event. Uh, this is a Haas battle. You know exactly what it is. Like Things like Big Show getting crotched got a great reaction. Braun falling off the top rope got a reaction. You damn well better believe a 45-year-old Big Show hitting an elbow drop more accurately than Kyrie Sane did on the latest Mae Young tapings got a great reaction. It was awesome. There was the choke slam, kick out, power, bomb, or power slam attempt, no dice. This is not rocket science, and it worked it worked. Strowman superplexed Big Show. Genius spot after what happened last time. Genius of them beforehand to say we've reinforced the ring and then show them reinforced the ring. Yeah. Beautiful giant man pro wrestling and the crowd went nuts for it. I went nuts for it. Strowman won.
2: Yeah, this was uh, this was everything it needed to be. Like you go they, there was great of them to, to go back in the of a little video package reminding everyone of that amazing um, last man standing match. I think that's what it was. I'm not sure. It was just this great match that ended with a jam ring breaking and John Cone nearly dying when he fell out of it. Um, These guys have a history now. So up until the day big show retires, you can say if you have nothing else for Braun Strowman to do, or like tonight um, Brock Lesnar, I guess was hosting a Labor Day barbecue and couldn't make it. Um, you have Braun do something, which is great because this you say you say uh, Braun Strowman versus Big Show, and I am tuning in. These guys have got this; they've got a track record now. I mean, I don't know, like it's crazy. Big, Big Show is having some of the best matches of his career in what he has said is the last year of his career against a dude who's been in the WWE for just two years.
1: Yeah, they put out Big Show's DVD about oh nine years too early.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because I I remember right after they put that out, he had some what I thought were outstanding matches with Mark Henry, too. Like I thought that was that was a a badass feud. And now he's having it's so funny, he's having these great matches, not against a guy whose style is a contrast, which a guy Big Show's size, you would usually assume that's that's how it would be. No. No, throw him in there with a guy with the same same style as him, mm-hmm. and I know a lot of people will say, "Well, what about the Kane matches? What about the Undertaker matches? They're a little more, little little different than a Mark Henry or a Braun Strowman. We're talking like raw power out of those three guys." So yeah,
2: this was this was yeah. excellent. Um, the, the top the top rope elbow drop, like the you know, people were going nuts in the arena for it. Uh, this has got to be the greatest thing that's ever happened in the city of Omaha, Nebraska. I'm just going to go ahead if and say big
1: it. show. If Big Show ever does a podcast regularly, it might become the biggest podcast in it could, it could. wrestling as for for as long as he's been around yeah. and all that he's seen, yes. all that he's been a part of, the ups and the downs, like from like working with Floyd Mayweather to working a WrestleMania main event to being sent to OVW to his WCW run. The man's been through a lot of stuff and oh, yeah. he's always been fairly respected, uh, at least over the past decade or so backstage. So, looking forward to that. A good Raw, I thought. Really, really yeah. fun episode of Monday Night Raw.
2: Yeah, we didn't you know mention that.
1: Go ahead. After,
2: after the match, uh, oh, yeah, Braun Strowman Bro- had a great promo about how this is your future, Brock Lesnar. Like, that was that's great. I just love his voice so much. It's the opposite of the Nia Jax voice where he's like, you actually look at Braun Strowman and you think, oh man, what does that guy sound like? And he actually sounds like what he's supposed to sound like. Unlike Nia Jax, he's fantastic. And then, and then he picks the up world. big show and puts him through the damn wall, of the cage. Like it's everything that this thing should have been. It's perfect.
1: The world tearing shit up tour continues. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Also glad to see Ric Flair back and actually cutting promos on Twitter. What a carny this guy is (laughs) to get on Twitter with, like, needles still in him and shit and plug his merch store. Yeah. This guy. (laughs) This guy. This guy. Ric Flair. My God. Very happy to see that. Hey guys, I released the full taping from the list and your boy of JJ Dillon. Uh, speaking of Ric Flair, one of, uh, you went in the hall of fame with the man that's over at fightfulpods.com. I'm going to do that. There are some weekend or weekends where I just can't do fightful books that are members only shows. So I'll release one of those tapings. We've got them with riddle Russo, JJ Dillon, all kinds of people. So those will be coming out too. Of course, you got to fightful pods for all your podcast needs. And uh, Tune in tomorrow for the Holy Smokes MMA podcast. we got Elias Theodoru joining us on the show, our flagship MMA program. And, of course, tomorrow night after SmackDown, we're coming at you live Wednesday for The List and your boy. Hey, guys, if you all uh, want to show support to Fightful.com, head over to ProWrestlingTees.com. Be sure to share our stories on social media, especially Reddit. That stuff really helps for a growing site. And come over to Fightful.com and use our forums. I want to interact with you. Alex wants to interact with you. Uh, We want to see uh, more and more comments in those live discussions. Enjoy uh, the shows. Talk to people about the shows. I know some of you aren't Twitter people, so our live discussion boards and our forums are a great way to just interact and everything on Fightful.com. But, uh, yeah, guys, that Fightful Pods, uh, I love that you all have been enjoying that too. All of our podcasts in one place, including our archive shows with Helms, Riddle, Russo. Lots of stuff over there. And uh, we've got a lot of cool new additions coming to the site, too. So plenty of stuff coming there. If you all haven't checked out the list in your boy on Wednesdays, you're missing out. It's the only podcast where you can hear from uh, the founder of Fightful.com, or really the founder of any site, and the guys that he picked to run the wrestling website for him. So... Definitely check that out. Alex, where can they
2: find you on the Twitter machine? You find me at Pulowski the 4th with a numeral 4 in there where the 4 should be.
1: I'm hoping, hoping tonight I can get my office rearranged. I just like to switch things up a little bit. I like to freshen it up. All
2: right.
1: Personally, I wish all that shit wasn't in the background. But, but,
2: hey, I mean, it's nice that you have that luxury. Personally, I'm in an 8-by-10-foot cell in this jail, so I don't really have a lot of room to maneuver.
1: <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Remember, guys, if you all want any questions answered, head over to Fightful.com on our live discussions of these podcasts or the forums. We'll get those submitted. Hey, if you all want to submit some for the list and your boy this Wednesday, have at it. We love to talk about the behind-the-scenes of Fightful.com on that we'd love to give you a look behind the curtain more of an entertainment program than a full on wrestling program. But I want to thank you guys so much for, for joining us also, uh, you know, uh, for sharing all the stuff that you do. We love that. We love the, uh, interacting with you all. And we, we want to really accelerate that. So you'll hear me pushing that a bunch pretty soon, guys. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Sean Rossat. follow us cross platform everywhere at fightful online.